This is the Sheffield Vineyard Podcast. We love Jesus and we want to be a people that follow him with all of our lives. We love our city of Sheffield and we want to see it full of people who are full of the life that Jesus has to offer. So I think as, as Josh mentioned when he was uh, leading, leading us in worship, he mentioned that it is Pentecost today. And so have a guess what I'll be preaching on. <laughs> no? <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> no, I will be preaching on Pentecost. And so Pentecost uh, is a day when Christians remember the promised Holy Spirit who came in power in a really significant way about 2,000 years ago upon the early church. And as I've been preparing for this talk, um, I've been encouraged by what I've been reading, and I'm excited to share with you some of the things that I've learned. And we should see the day of Pentecost not just as a historic event, not just as something that happened all those years ago, but instead we should see it as a sign of what the Holy Spirit can do through God's people. And as we read this story, and as we think about it, um, my hope and my prayer is that our faith in the Spirit's power would grow, and that we would each long for and pray for an outpouring of the Spirit in our lives today. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going just to pray as I start. Just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome in our hearts. Yeah, give us ears to hear whatever you're saying and to receive whatever you want to give us. Amen. So the day of Pentecost, we read about it in a book called Acts, and it was written by um, a man called Luke, and that is the same Luke who wrote Luke's Gospel. And like with any good film, um, there's a sequel. Sometimes the sequel isn't very good. But I think Acts is a great sequel. I think you'll love Acts. It's one of my favourite books of the Bible. And Luke does an amazing job in the way that he writes it and just the way the Spirit works through the book of Acts and, the, and, in, and his people and the things that we read God doing amongst the early church. It's just incredible. Um, so if you've got a Bible, why don't you open up Acts 1? Uh, it'll also be on the screen. So Acts 1, um, start with the first verse. So Luke writes, uh, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I don't know if you noticed, the first verse mentions all that Jesus began to do and teach. Like, this is what Luke wrote about in his previous book, uh, in the prequel. He said, you know, you know all, that, what, all that Jesus began to do and teach. So therefore, we can infer that Acts is all about, um, or at least the start of what Jesus continued to do and teach after he was taken to heaven. So Jesus is at work. He was at work then, after he went up to heaven, and he's at work now. And I want to encourage you all that Jesus is at work right now in this room. He's at work in your hearts. He's at work in our midst. And after Jesus died, was buried, and was raised from the dead, he appeared to the disciples over a period of 40 days. And in this time, Jesus offered multiple convincing proofs that he was alive. And as I've been thinking about this, I've never really thought about this this little section. Like Jesus appeared, resurrected Jesus appeared multiple times to the disciples over a period of 40 days. I don't know what that would have looked like. I don't know if he'd just suddenly turn up and appear in the middle of a room or if he would like sleep, you know, kind of just in a house nearby to the disciples. I have no idea. But either way, he appeared over a period of 40 days to the disciples, and he showed them that he was alive. And he also taught them, and he taught them about the kingdom of God. And I reckon that Jesus gave the best crash course on the kingdom that anyone's ever received. Um. Good news is probably some of that's written down in other, in other bits of the New Testament. And a key thing that Jesus instructed his disciples when he was teaching them was that they needed to wait. But why would Jesus ask the disciples to wait? Like he's, he's just shown them, he's offered multiple convincing proofs that he's alive Surely he wants them to go into all the world and to tell people about Jesus, right? But he says, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Don't leave Jerusalem. Um, Wait. 
And he wants them to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knows that his church needs the Spirit. He needs the Spirit to fill them and to equip them for mission. They need the Spirit before they go. And Jesus tells his, um, his disciples, those gathered there, um, that they're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're told to wait a few days and they're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I think in this context, because baptism in the Holy Spirit comes up a number of times in the New Testament, and sometimes it means slightly different things, I think in this context it means receiving extraordinary power for Jesus' exalting ministry. Um, we'll understand that a bit more as we, as we read the next bit. Um, and so after the disciples saw Jesus, uh, saw Jesus ascend to heaven, they followed his instructions. They waited. We read about them in verse 14, um, that they gathered together. And their waiting wasn't just a waiting of like twiddling their thumbs, waiting and going, oh, Jesus said he's going to send the Holy Spirit, we'll just wait. You know, they prayed. Their waiting was, was a prayerful waiting. Verse 14 tells us that they were constantly in prayer. And I think they must have prayed a number of times, come Holy Spirit. Now, we're not told what they pray about, but we know they're constantly in prayer. And, and I feel that they must have been praying something like that. And for those of us who lead ministry, um, or who have ever prayed for other people to receive the Spirit, Often waiting is really painful. Like, I, I hate, hate's the wrong word. I, I, I just don't like waiting um, for more than about 10 seconds when I'm leading ministry. It feels too long. <laughs> but God's been teaching me that you need to wait. And he knows best. His timing is best. And so um, we pick up the story in Acts um, uh, chapter 2. So this is 10 days after Jesus ascended um, into heaven. We read this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those here, um, or aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter, 
stood up with the eleven after being accused that he's drunk. And, and he raised his voice. He addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Peter, he continues in the next few verses, he continues his sermon to the crowd that had gathered and he, he was able to draw on a couple of other Old Testament passages and he tries to convince um, the people gathered there that Jesus is the Son of God. He speaks of Jesus' life, of his death, and of his resurrection. And he longs that these people would come to know Jesus. And we pick up in verse 37. Um, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's just incredible what the Spirit did on the day of Pentecost. There's a group, about 120, so maybe, what, double the number in this room or so? Um, 120 people, fearful, um, but filled with the Spirit, and empowered at that point to go out and 3,000 came to faith. That's a 25 times increase. Imagine if that happened here. Imagine if suddenly we had 3,000. Like we would, we'd need to go and get like 10 Healy Halls or you know, a bunch of other, a massive warehouse somewhere or something, or just meet outside. I, I don't know. It would be, it would be beautiful chaos uh, if we had, had 3,000. But the Spirit can do that. The Spirit can do amazing things in our midst. Um, and I've mentioned already about waiting, but I think that's, that's one of my points. I only have two points. I don't have three. Um, just two, so don't worry. Uh, first thing I think we can learn is the importance of waiting and asking for the Spirit. And when I ask for things in prayer, I love an answer straight away. If I'm praying for someone for healing, I want them to be healed there and then. I don't want to wait like a few days or months before I see an answer to that prayer. That's, that's my first hour. I want, I want to, be, to be healed there and then. Or 
I might be um, praying for God to rescue me from a difficult situation at work. And I'd love to be rescued right in that moment. Or other times I might be seeking guidance on a bigger decision in life. Like where to live or what job to do. And I'd love for an answer to come right there in the moment. But sometimes, perhaps even often with, with bigger decisions, the answer doesn't always come straight away. And I think God does things as we wait. He, he does a work in us as we're waiting. He reveals things to us, he, and he gets us ready for the answer that he's, he's going to give to us in the waiting. And the disciples, they were waiting. Um, they were waiting at one point for Jesus to rise from the dead. Jesus said he was going to do it, and they were waiting. Three days later, he did, and they were waiting again. And they're waiting at least 10 days uh, from when Jesus ascended. Well, they waited 10 days from the point Jesus ascended to when the Spirit came. Um, but I think God, he knew. He knew that the day of Pentecost would be a really significant time a strategic time even for the Spirit to come um, because Pentecost um, is actually a Jewish festival and it attracted people from all over the known world and we read about it, people travelled from places as far away as Rome, that's a thousand miles away and they couldn't take a plane, you know, they had to get there, it would have taken them weeks, months even um, to, get to, to get to Jerusalem. But it meant that Jerusalem, on the day of Pentecost, was swollen in number, went from 50,000 to close to 200,000, or maybe even more. Um, but yeah, it, it went up significantly in size on the day. And that's the day that God chose to send his spirit. And the result, 3,000 from across the world came to faith. And 3,000 went out scattered. Imagine little lights just going out. And, you know, they're in one place at one point, but then they go out all across the world. All these little these lights, these carriers of the good news of Jesus filled with the Spirit go back to the places and no doubt go and tell people in the different areas. Um, it's, yeah, Jesus knew exactly um, when to send the Holy Spirit. And the second thing I think we can learn is that the Spirit of God brings power. And he brings power, in this context, for mission. And we, we see the Spirit doing a number of things. And I, I noticed, well, you had a big rushing wind going through a house, a mighty rushing wind. We then saw flames of fire coming down on people's heads which didn't burn up their hair, but sort of rested on their heads. And then we, we saw people speaking in languages they, that weren't their own. And these people were Galileans. They're all from the same kind of area. And yet they're speaking the languages from across the known world to the people gathered. And the spirits enabled them, it says, like, as the spirit gave them utterance. And then we see Peter, and he's a fisherman, He's the guy who gives this sermon. And he's able to give such an impressive sermon that, um, and coupled with the work of the Spirit, that's the other thing we see, the Spirit's way of being able to convict people of sin and draw people to God, 
And the Lord used Peter, a fisherman, to draw 3,000 people to faith in Jesus. And we just need the Spirit today. This isn't just an amazing story for then. We need the Spirit today. I think the church across the world would look so different if we all kept on praying for the Holy Spirit to come. I think the world would look so different. And in Peter's sermon, he quotes the prophet Joel. And now Joel, he speaks of the last days. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all people. And the last days, they, they, refer, um, they don't refer to something in the distant future for us. They actually refer, we're in the last days now. The last days, you know, as, as talked about in Joel, started when the Spirit came at Pentecost and will continue until the day that Jesus returns. These are the last days. And so we're in the last days now. And Joel says that in the last days, um, you know, people will prophesy. There'll be visions, prophetic dreams, signs and wonders. And people will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. This will all happen in the last days. And we're in that now. It wasn't ring-fenced for Pentecost, but it should be part of our lives today. And I love that in the vineyard, we, we pray for the Holy Spirit to come. It's one of our, what do we call it? Our vision, DNA. I don't know the word. It's important. <laughs> Um, <laughs> values, it's one of our values there we go and, and so back in 1980 near the start of the vineyard movement there was uh, John Wimber one of the founding members uh, of the vineyard and he'd invited a guest speaker to come and speak at his church a man called Lonnie Frisbee to teach and Lonnie was, he was a hippie and he was part of what became known as the Jesus People Movement in the late 1960s in Southern California. And John's church, it was filled with young people, and they gathered to worship as usual that night. And Lonnie got up to speak, and at the conclusion of his message, he prayed, Come, Holy Spirit. And that night, the Spirit came in power. And in many ways, the Vineyard Church has grown around this prayer. And after, that, after the meet, after the gathering, people deeply encountered by the Holy Spirit um, went, out, went out onto the streets, many of them young people, leading hundreds and thousands to faith in Jesus. And miracles followed their prayers, such as healings of bodies and minds, as well as deliverances from addictions. There is great power when we pray, Holy Spirit, come. And the Lord, he'll, you know, he, he does other things as well. He, the, the, Spirit, the Spirit gives people um, prophetic words. I'm sure a number of you here will have received prophetic words from the Lord um, or seen other people give prophetic words. And I want to encourage us all to be eagerly desiring the Spirit in our lives. And the Lord also speaks in dreams. Now, I don't often have dreams that I think are from God, but the other night I had one which I hope is from God. And I was, I was stood outside church, and, and 
in front of me, I could see like lots and lots of people, lots of people I didn't know, mostly young, coming like swarms of people, like little groups of people coming left and right. And I struggled to kind of count the number, but there must have been like several hundred people coming through. And, you know, I really hope that that prayer, uh, that, that, um, that dream is from God. I pray it would be from God, that there would be hundreds of people coming to Sheffield Vineyard. And I pray that there be thousands, millions of people coming to faith all across the world. And we're soon we're going to be moving into a time of ministry um, where we'll be asking the Holy Spirit to come. But just before I do, I just want you to think and, enc- and encourage you, just, just be really open with the Lord. Whether you've prayed the prayer, Holy Spirit, come a thousand times or whether this is your first ever time praying that prayer. I just want you to be really open to him. And it might be that he wants to give you particular gifts, spiritual gifts, maybe gifts of prophecy or evangelism or teaching or encouragement or other gifts. I just pray that God would do that. So, Why don't you stand if you're able to? I'm going to invite either Joe or Karen. And yeah, just get in a position where you're comfortable and ready to receive from God. I often find stretching out my hands helps me, but you do whatever helps you engage with God. We'd love to invite you to be part of the community at Sheffield Vineyard. You can head to the website and find more information about how you can serve, join a life group, and get involved in church life in general. Bless you and have a great week.